Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. And first and foremost, happy Easter, y'all. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, man. And we are joining the birds. Michelle's got some birds right outside of her her door. I hope you can hear them throughout the recording because they're gorgeous. Yeah, they're just tweeting away. It's the Holy Spirit coming close (laughs) to me because I'm that special. But no, I don't know what's going on. The birds are having a party. They're singing um, Easter celebrations (laughs) or something, but I love it. They're singing their hallelujahs. As they should be. As they should be. You know, really, my life is just a movie enchanted, and you guys just don't know it. Oh, it is like Michelle's life just when she does stuff is like cooler. I don't like know what it is. Like, you go to Chick fil A, and it's like cooler than when I go to Chick fil A. Can I just say that? <laughs> Michelle's arms are outstretched right now. There's little birds sitting on her arms singing to her. <laughs> okay, what was really funny though is this morning I went for an early walk with my husband, and we were walking, and these geese were just like singing at like barking at each other and singing at the top of their lungs, and they were so so funny this morning. And I looked at Chris and I was like, and if all creation praises you, so will I listen to them singing. You know, Amen. Um, so it's seriously yeah. all the animals are singing today because it's Easter. Oh. Happy Easter. Yeah. And you know, we have to just talk about for a second that the, one of the cool things about being Catholic is that Easter is a season. It's not just a day. Like Christmas is a season, not just a day. So sometimes, you know, where this uh, episode is airing the day after Easter, which is we, for Catholics, we call it the octave of Easter. So the, the liturgy is celebrated every day, like Easter Sunday, which is like, full on, full on celebration. And then the whole Easter season last, you know, uh, for another 50 days. So it's like, it's awesome. And it's not just, Oh, I did that yesterday, but it's like this whole season where, you know, for say 48 days or 47 days, you live into Lent. And so now we're going to, for 50 days, live into Easter, <laughs> into the resurrection and mm-hmm. press into the promises and, and to really receive deeply the mercy and the beauty of God and all that he has won for us. So it's really a glorious, glorious season of so much grace, of so many ways of finding Christ in new ways. Um, so it's an epic blessing upon all of us, to say the very least. Mm-hmm. I love how the church, like, knows how to celebrate, right? We don't have to take notice of that, but I was thinking, even in Lent, like actually it's pretty, it's pretty easy. It's not as hard as we make it out to be like 40 days I had to sacrifice. You know how many like big feast days are during Lent? Like a lot, like where you don't have to fast, you know, and then Sundays you don't Mm -hmm. have to fast. I'm like, actually there's Mm -hmm. not that much fasting going on. Mm -hmm. And then we get 50 days of celebrating after. It is one of them. Super good. I know. And so we just fast well, but then we feast well. Yes. And so, so what does feasting look like for you all? Like, what are you, what do you do for your Easter feast celebration? (laughs) We're all like, okay, well, well, I mean, on Easter Sunday, we get together as all a huge community community down in South Texas, which is really nice. And everybody gets together and just eats and just talks about all kinds of stuff. And it's just nice to get together as a community. So I think that the reality of that celebration of, of family, of getting together, of um, just the day-to-day joy. I think to, it's like really the simple joy because I think in Lent, you know, so you have your certain things that say you're giving up or whatever, but just in Lent, you 
I don't know for me at least, and I notice other people as well. If you can take a luxury during Lent, you just don't because you're like, oh, I didn't give that up, but it's Lent. I probably I'm just going to give that up. And so for Easter, you know, all the things that God gives us that are beautiful and good and holy, you know, like those things you can say yes to and just it, totally enjoy them because like it's Easter. So yeah, if I can, I will. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like a different way of like looking at things, you know. Yeah, definitely. For Easter, we get together as a family. We <clears throat> obviously there's chocolate and fun things for the kids. Of course and there is yeah. turkey and. And all, all of that fun stuff. Um, but I think the feasting parts just, yeah, it looks like receiving the abundance of God in a very intentional Amen. way, you know, over the course mm-hmm. of 50 days. And where I live, Michelle, unlike you, where you have like amazing weather almost all year round, uh, we're coming into like the spring is really really real I here. Like it's just, it's Northwest. booming. Mm-hmm. Like the trees are blooming and there's the smell of flowers is around. Like it's for me, part of the feasting is just the awareness of what is going on all around me and how God is revealing his abundance. How about you? Yeah, we do the same thing. You know, where we gather with family, we gather with neighbors and we gather together. And I just love the whole tritium you know, just the whole experience, mm-hmm. like the way the day that we're recording this, like tomorrow is our Christmas mass for the diocese. And I'm just, I look forward to that just to, you know, and go and pray for our priests of the diocese and pray for our mm-hmm. bishop. And, um, it's just such a beautiful liturgical season, like the beauty of our church and the beauty of the liturgical season. Like, I love that everything is so tangible and kinesthetic and that, you know, we smell yeah. and we hear and we see the lights and the darkness and all of the sa- uh, changing of seasons that, but we get to experience it fully with all of our senses. And I think that's why, you know, like I'm such a liturgical girl in that way. Like, I just love that about our church. And, you know, this is the culmination of our faith here. Like this is the true love story coming, you know, is Easter, um, that he came for us. And it just still always amazes me. Like we just going through Palm Sunday, um, this past weekend and just like, oh my gosh, we, you know, like would my words be crucify him? Like, Mm. would I be the one, you know, would I recognize him if I was living in that day and the time, or would I be one of the women that stopped on his way, you know, to the cross? Like I really was just really pondering that this Palm Sunday. And um, this is after my child almost passed out because the incense and he was serving mass and he had to get water, (laughs) but that's a totally different aside, which is hysterical. Um, and I really shouldn't laugh, but it was really kind of funny, but, um, yeah, but just like, okay, like who would I be? on the road to the cross and who would I be, oh. you know, in his resurrection, yeah. you know, like, um, I think to myself, if I was Mary Magdalene, he appeared to me, I sure would tell everybody, like, I would be a good bet to get, tell everybody the news that he had risen. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just thinking about it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. One of the other things, and uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about in our episode today is a a beautiful celebration that we have in the Easter octave is the Feast of Divine Mercy. And that is a feast that's brought about um, uh, from the heart by a beautiful Polish sister named St. Faustina, who who Jesus appeared to many times and spoke of his love and mercy for humanity. And so he gave her a novena to pray that begins on Good Friday, and it culminates on the Sunday after Easter, which we call Divine Mercy Sunday, of an outpouring of mercy for humanity. And so we just kind of wanted to offer you just a little bit about St. Faustina. And um, it's not too late to join in the novena, even if, I mean, it starts Good Friday, but if you haven't started it yet, you can totally begin and you can look it up on the internet. Just type in Divine Mercy Novena. So St. Faustina is a Polish sister um, in the early 1930s, uh, born in the early 1930s, and uh, she uh, received visions from Jesus. And so her life is very hard. She came from a poor family. Um, their family struggled hard on a little farm during World War One, and she just very simply educated. And even in the 
convent, she had really simple tasks of working in the kitchen and the vegetable garden or, you know, as the doorman, the person who opened the door. And of all people, Jesus chose to appear uh, to her and he spoke to her of his divine mercy. And I'm just going to read to you a bit from her diary because there's a very famous image of divine mercy where Jesus comes with his hand on his heart and one hand raised in blessing. And there's these beautiful rays. One is red and one is white that pour out of his heart. And he says this to her. He said, uh, she says, in the evening when I was in my cell, I became aware of the Lord Jesus clothed in a white garment. One hand was raised in blessing. The other was touching the garment at the breast. From the opening of the garment at the breast, there came forth two large rays, one red and the other pale. In silence, I gazed intently at the Lord and my soul was overwhelmed with fear, but also with great joy. After a while, Jesus said to me, paint an image according to the pattern that you see with the inscription, Jesus, I trust in you. The pale ray stands for the water, which makes souls righteous. And the red ray stands for the blood, which is the life of souls. These two rays issued forth from the depths of my most tender mercy at that time when my agonizing heart was opened up by a lance on the cross. Fortunate is the one who will dwell in their shelter for the just hand of God shall not lay hold of him. And this is such a beautiful uh, devotion that Pope John Paul II, St. John Paul II promoted, obviously, as a Polish uh, priest, uh, but also as, as the Holy Father, um, which just uh, revelation to the world. He was the one who actually officially instituted Divine Mercy Sunday. And uh, we were there, actually, at her canonization, uh, St. Faustina's canonization in the year 2000. Um, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful devotion. So that's kind of the background of it. And so maybe we could just talk a little bit, my dear sisters, about St. Faustina and about Divine Mercy and kind of what that has meant to you in your life. Michelle, do you want to share a bit with our listeners about that? Yeah, I, I find her story fascinating. Like the more I read about mm-hmm. her and the more, and like, just like the, our previous episodes, like the four women doctors of the church, it's really easy to put these women upon pedestals or think that they were, you know, more virtuous than we are. And they're more, they were just, they were just obedient women that surrendered mm-hmm. and said yes to what the Lord put in front of them, you know, and the Lord appeared to her, the simple, humble soul. And she just said yes with obedience to this. Yeah. And it was just amazing. Even when he asked her, you know, to, um, you know, replicate this um, image of him. Like, I love, I was reading a part of it. Like, she tried to draw it herself at first and realized, okay, this isn't going to work. And so I was Ooh, like, that's, like, that's totally that's not <laughs> Like, oh, I better get an artist in here. I can't do this one, you know? And so, like, she taught, and even the, like, her spiritual director, they made her go through a psychological before, like, mm-hmm. to make sure that these revelations were really of the Lord. And then, even after she was having these revelations, a couple of bishops, like try to shut her down, try to shut this message down. And it was the wisdom and the grace of John Paul II, you know, that really said, this is what humanity needs. It needs this mercy. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things I love about her, and she's very um, likened to St. Therese of Lisieux, is her absolute trust and confidence in the Lord. You know, that mercy triumphs over judgment Mm -hmm. and that his heart and his love for us is bigger than anything that we could ever do. And that he is always welcoming us home, that um, his mercy is, I like, she says it many, many times in the diary, unfathomable. Like we can't even comprehend Mm -hmm. the amazement of his mercy Mm -hmm. and how he is pursuing us and how he is loving us. And I really, one of my favorite quotes that she says is, you know, and when you follow the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that is the quickest way to holiness, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I like, I like quick and I like the inspirations (laughs) of the holiness. I mean, the Holy Spirit. So I love that, but she just was in real relationship with the Holy Spirit and real openness to the Lord. And in that, like he bestowed this beautiful gift and this um, beautiful treasure for the church. But when I, it just always amazes me when people um, 
when the Lord asks them and bestows these beautiful gifts on them, they've suffered greatly. Yeah. Like she suffered greatly, mm-hmm. um, you know, interiorly, physically and all of that. And so with great love, um, and it was just one of those things when I was reading through her diary, the thought that came to my head is love poured out always comes with a cost, mm-hmm. you know, isn't that true? love comes up with a cost and, um, it is a costly thing to love and love well and loved, you know, and the power of Christ and, um, the return is amazing, mm-hmm. but it comes with a cost to love well, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. our Lord and other people. And um, just her whole idea of trust, like, Jesus, I trust in you, you know, like that she knows that he is good and she really internalized and believed that goodness. And that was her message to the world. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think she is so, so important for so many of us because we, many of us do struggle with this false image of God, that he's harsh, that he's cruel, that he is, you know, almost like a police officer just waiting for us to screw up. He's got his little book out. He's waiting, you know, mm-hmm. for us to screw up so that he can write it down and then shame us. You know, mm-hmm. we might not be thinking this in the forefront of our mind, but somewhere deep in our heart, even subconsciously, we have this fear of God. That's not a healthy fear of God. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like a loving, like in awe of God's mm-hmm. majesty. It's just mm-hmm. like, I'm literally afraid of you. I'm afraid to be weak. I'm afraid that if I screw up, you're going to, you're going to withhold good things from me, that if I don't do it right, you're not going to bless me. And that he's just like a harsh master, like a mean father or, um, or yeah, like this police officer, that's just this distant figure who wants to harm us and hold us accountable and teach us a lesson, you know, like in a harsh way. And so I think the message of St. Faustina is something that we all need to really dive into because it is the heart of Jesus, you know, that she's revealing, uh, that he's revealing through her that he wants us to know. And it was making me think about, I was on a cruise one time, um, many years ago and we were in the middle of the ocean. Like there was no land to be seen at all. And it freaked me out. Like I had this moment of looking out all around and being like, oh my goodness, we are in the middle (laughs) of like, like, you know, you could just sort of like, uh, experience the vastness of the ocean. And she refers to God's mercy as an ocean as well. And just Mm -hmm. the vastness of his mercy, uh, that, you know, we think we're so, sometimes we think our sins are so big and we're so big, but when you place yourself in the middle of an ocean, I mean, it's like nothing, nothing Mm -hmm. for his mercy. And so I just love that image of like the vastness, the depth, the magnitude of an ocean being like God's mercy and all Mm -hmm. of our sin, all of our weakness just gets enveloped in that. It's, it's a really stunning image to sit with. It is. It's, it's, it's amazing to think about. It's overwhelming almost to think about. And, you know, our, our sins or our weaknesses, you know, to us many times feel like such a big stumbling block of, of lovability, of, of acceptance, of being worthy and of how Christ just continues to pour out his love upon us. And, um, you know, St. John Paul II, he says this, he says, there's nothing more man needs than divine mercy, that love, which is benevolent, which is compassionate, which raises man above his weakness to the infinite heights, to the holiness of God. And I know for myself during Palm Sunday, I just started weeping during the gospel and I just was uh, very well aware and knew of, you know, when Jesus, you know, he suffers for us and he's uh, nailed to the crosses that I think we've talked about this before, but the Romans is part of how they would humiliate you as they would strip you naked. And it just, I knew that, um, 
And I often talk about that, but for me, it was like a new awareness of the whole time he was on the cross, the whole time he was totally naked, totally humiliated by worldly standards, totally stripped of anything that, you know, that could, um, you know, cover him at any, at any level, heart, mind, body, soul, the whole thing. And that he was willing and fully willing to be stripped like that for us. And that he was willing to be humiliated for us and that he's willing to open his heart for us and have his heart pierced open for us. And I just, I was just overwhelmed by his, I'm probably going to kind of talk about it, like his, um, just love. Mm-hmm. It just was well, like, oh my gosh, like, who, who are you? Yeah. Like, who is this God in search of us? Like that he comes to pour out his heart for us. Like it was just so mm. beautiful. And I, I just like continue to ponder that of like, oh my gosh, you know, thank God he always challenges my facades and where I'm wearing bales where I don't want to be poured out like that, but he's totally open and totally vulnerable. And just, this is his heart. Like him, him saying like, this is who I am. Like you think I'm like this, but this is who I really am. And I'm going to prove to him and reveal my heart to you and to the world. And that's one of the things we see mm. so profoundly in uh, St. Faustina's diary and this revelation of the novena and the reality mm-hmm. of divine mercy. Oh, that's beautiful, sister. It's beautiful, like, and such a gift when we have those personal encounters with the love of God, you know, and to sit with that image. I mean, that's just a beautiful image for us even to sit with, you know, just what you said, uh, to sit with that. Because God wants us to experience this not just once, you know, it's not just like a one-time, like, experience of his mercy or experiences of love, but he wants to open our eyes and our heart to experience it all the time because he's generous. Like, it's not like you go, oh, okay, like, I, I need to save it up for one big moment where I really need his mercy. It's constant. And I love this quote from her diary where it says, once the Lord said to me, Act like a beggar who does not back away when he gets more alms than he asks for, Mm -hmm. but offers thanks more fervently. You too should not back away and say that you are not worthy of receiving greater graces when I give them to you. I know you are unworthy, but rejoice all the more and take as many treasures from my heart as you can carry, for then you will please me more. Like, I just, I love that. It's like, don't back away. Don't (laughs) run away. You know, so even for you, sister, when you're experiencing that overwhelming love of God, like to not look away in shame or to not back away, you know, and for us, like all of us, like to not, not turn away, not think Mm -hmm. I'm asking too much from God. I remember one, um, one thing my dad said, uh, he, he was diagnosed with cancer when I was like 15. It was large cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the diagnosis came and it was already, he was already in stage four and, um, it was really rattling for the whole family. Obviously it came as a shock and he went through the whole process of like going into treatment and we just kept finding there was more cancer. Every, every test they did, it was like in his blood in his bone marrow, it was in all over in his spleen and his abdomen. It was just everywhere. And, uh, and there was one night where he was sitting or he was laying in the in the cancer clinic in Vancouver and he was by himself and my mom had left this little New Testament Bible beside his bed. And he said that he read the story about the healing of the leper and he just put the Bible down on his chest and he asked God to heal him. And, he, and the thing that stuck out to me about his story is he said, I've never prayed for myself before. I never thought I was worthy to ask God mm. for anything. I just prayed for other people. You know, mm. and and as he prayed, he had this. I mean, like, 
like an unbelievable experience of this like power rushing through his body. And it was so overwhelming to him mm. and he could see colors. It was just like this very, and my dad's a really logical guy. So it's like, I mean, he doesn't yeah. talk like this. And then just this joy came, this laughter. He called us. He was like laughing on the phone. We're like, what is going on? Like, it was just so weird, you know? <sighs> and the next morning when he went in for more tests, cause they knew there was all these tumors in his abdomen and they came back and they said, Mr. McGuire, there's nothing there. Like the oh. cancer is gone, you know? Oh my gosh. And he had this complete miraculous healing, right? And, wow. and I mean, wow. that story on multiple levels, I mean, it's the truth. My dad was cancer free. He was totally healed. He's go- doing great, live and well right now, you know, just saw him yesterday. Um, but the thing about that story that I love the most is that he asked God for the first time, like he never felt like he was worthy to ask God of anything. It's like the first time he ever asked God for something. And it was just this overwhelming abundance that came into, into his lap. And, um, I just think that's a good thing for us to be aware of that we should be asking. It's not selfish Mm -hmm. to ask. Like God is saying, please Mm -hmm. ask me and ask me for more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just love that. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting. We were like we do every time we record, the three of us were talking before we started recording and we were all just sit, you know, sharing where we were at in the last, um, like the last, what's been happening with all of us in the last week and a half. And like the Lord has been stirring different things, but just our wholeness and, um, just, but coming to terms with our humanity and the areas that Lord really wants to heal us. You know, we feel like this is a very sacred season for all of us because the Lord is bringing a lot of things to light. And, it's so easy for me. And like we were talking about the scripture, mercy triumphs over judgment. It's so easy for me to be merciful with other people Our here, sister or Heather and be, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, just give yourself some grace and mercy. It's so hard to be merciful for myself. You know, so I just true. want to be, you know, be like, okay, you should like, you should be further than this. Like you shouldn't be having Mm. to deal with this again. Like you shouldn't, you know, and I should all over myself, you know, where (laughs) I should be and how I should be, you know, like you should be further than spiritual and it's not beating myself up. It's just really realizing like, how is the Lord really transforming my life and give him credit for that, but give myself some mercy that I am Mm. changing and that I am growing and I am on the Mm -hmm. journey. And mm-hmm. I, even though you say it, we will never arrive. You really think that one day you will arrive. Like I will get there, <laughs> That's so you true. know, I will get there. Yeah. And even last week I was praying and I even wrote it in my journal. And I think I was playing around with the, um, design app and, Lord's like, when you give out of your poverty, that's when you experience my abundance, you know? Mm. And I just was like, she mm-hmm. gave out of her poverty and she experienced the Lord's abundance and fullness. Amen. And I, he's just teaching me more, like, give yourself mercy, give out of your poverty and look and see what I can do, how I can transform this, what I can do in your hearts. Um, and he, like Heather was saying, his mercy is like oceans of mercy, unfathomable. Like we can't exhaust it. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think that I'm going to exhaust the Lord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that the way my kids exhaust me, I'm going to exhaust him. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But his mercy and his patience are unfathomable. And that just to mm-hmm. lean into that. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm finding myself more and more instead of like, when something happens, I want to check out that I lean into his love instead of checking out and hiding, you know, yeah. or 
not even hiding, checking out and figuring it out on myself, you know, like, how am I going to make this work? Mm -hmm. How am I going to fix this? And setting, Mm -hmm. allowing, actually allowing him to be the savior and, and the healer and the comforter, um, and trust him in that, you know, Mm -hmm. and allowing those words of our lips to be Jesus, I trust in you and not just saying them, but really meaning them Mm -hmm. in our heart Mm -hmm. of hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's the Easter journey. That's the journey of the the Christian walk, you know, Jesus, I trust in you, no matter what happens, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm-hmm. And even trusting how he, how he pours out upon us, you know, Amen. like, I mean, as yeah. I tell that story, you know, about my dad, like I, every time I tell that story, I'm fully aware that there's other people that, you know, that might have been their prayer and it wasn't answered in the way that they thought it should be. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's deep pain yeah. there, but it's never because God is withholding something good, you know, that, mm-hmm. that unbeknownst to us, like his plans, we can't, we can't see from his perspective why certain Amen. things happen the way that they do. Um, but that he knows, he knows best that he's, he's working all things for good and that it's a, for us, it's just the disposition of openness and trust. Like, I love what you said about trust. Michelle, it has to go hand in hand with mm-hmm. the reception of mercy is trusting mm-hmm. that he knows. Yeah, dear friends, and maybe that's something that we could um, just keep in the depths of our heart this week as we walk through uh, this divine mercy novena and just the areas of our life and just asking the Lord to bless us and choosing to uh, allow that blessing to penetrate to the depths of our hearts, um, trusting that God's plan is sovereign, that he is sovereign, that in whatever he's allowing to happen in our lives, that he will bring good out of it um, in the way he's created us and the way he's orchestrated our lives, that that we are not alone and that we matter to him, that he sees us and his desire is to pour out his love, to pour out his reconciliation upon us. And so, um, yeah, jump in, join the Divine Mercy Novena. Uh, if you haven't been a confession, go to confession this week sometime and just receive that mercy where God, his heart is pierced wide open, wide open for you and me to come in so we can come in and find healing and rest and we can be at home because that's our deepest home is his very heart. So... Um, so yeah, as we kind of, um, transition here, uh, for our Easter week, one things, I think Michelle's is going to be jelly beans cause she loves jelly beans, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, mine's very simple. Like I, it's, it's really, it's pretty warm right now in South Texas, but we, I still have a few days where the temperature is uh, tolerable. And right now my window open. And can I just tell you that my one thing right now is just having the windows open with the fresh air blowing through and long walks outside while I still can. So that's my thing. I love being outside. Mm. I'm just a little girl at heart where I just like being outside among nature and, and freshness. So that is my one thing. My I'm watching the beautiful flowers bloom and um, like kind of sway in the breeze here. So that is my one thing for the week. The springtime, window open, still crying here, people, and uh, <laughs> and the flowers. So that's my one thing. Michelle, what about you? Um, my one thing is I just got back from actually Dallas, Texas, and I have to say everything is bigger in Texas. And I just really oh girl, it is man. Oh, don't mess with the great nation I really Texas. love Dallas though. I hit, we don't mess around. You don't mess around. And it was interesting <laughs> that I got to go and tour the Gaylord Hotel there. Uh, and actually, my one thing is we're gonna do an event with Steubenville, um, an encounter event. I am not the three of us, but I am doing an event uh, with Door Ministries and Franciscan University, and it's gonna be at the Gaylord Hotel. In nice. August, and I'm just really excited um, because it's more of a young adult family event. You know, anyone can go, and um, Father Mike Schmitz will be there. Um, Matt Marr, Mark Hart, and our really good friend Annie Hickman, and so so all the cool kids. Uh, yeah, it will. But I have to tell you, I was oh, really impressed by Gaylord. Like they they won me over with their hospitality. That beautiful place. It looks like a big greenhouse, but they even gave nice. me chocolate in the, um, 
the state of Texas. Like it was like, like look like a little of state of Texas. Of course they did. Because that's what you do <laughs> when you're in Texas. Surprised. Yeah. And of cowboy course. boot chocolate. I was like, is how? the swimming pool the shape like, of yeah. Texas too? I was like, come on. <laughs> you know, like how fun is that? So yeah. It. So I was just excited. Um, and I just got the biggest kick out of them. You know, Heather, what is your one thing? Um, uh, my one thing is, uh, a free Easter devotional. It's uh, called Arise, uh, a 50-day Easter devotional for women. And you can mm-hmm. just, I, I mean, I'll put it on the show notes so that you can find the the link to go there. It's on the Good Soil blog uh, by Megan Turland. So you can check that out. I thought that would be just a really nice little, little gift to accompany you in the 50 days of Easter. And then also, uh, Young and Free, Hillsong Young and Free has a new album called studio sessions and it's just like acoustic versions Mm. of a bunch of their songs which i really have been enjoying this last weekend so i'll put the link up for that as well and just as a free gift i mean i'm totally acting like you michelle right now i have all the things this is three one (laughs) things but go right ahead go right ahead. well it's two one things and then a gift so uh created an easter playlist for all of you to just oh, accompany dang, girl, you through you. easter and all the celebrating and all the hallelujahs and all the resurrection songs so uh you can find that on the show notes as well amen amen well dear listeners happy easter happy easter we are wishing you every fullness of grace in this divine mercy time and the time of resurrection and we're praying for you to be resurrected as well that as christ comes to encounter you that he brings you into his very self And we just want to let you know that if you have subscribed to our podcast before and you're not receiving the show notes, we have figured out what some of the issues are. So if you would like to go back and resubscribe, we would love that because we want you to have all of the latest information possible every week as the show notes are released. So go back to the Ascension website and just resubscribe, put your email address in there and you will start getting the show notes. And so we're we're working on it, people. We want to serve you the best we possibly can. So just re-sign up and we will get those notes to you as well in this Easter season. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes that helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can go to ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together. That's ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together and enter your email address, click the subscribe button and the show notes will be on their way to you every week. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email, give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much. 